We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a match. Oh, boy. Here we go. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates? This is not happening. By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig. Homer, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another excursion into magical conversations. Got a lot to do today. We have got a lot to talk about. The news coming up. We'll talk everything from ride sharing to annual pass highs and lows and high prices. Hagrid's disaster over at Universal Studios. We'll talk all about that. Uh, And then later on in the show, we'll get to talk to Matt and Susie from the Imagineers podcast. Uh, Great conversation. We talk all about Disney future stuff and and kind of just what's going to happen in the future from this summer on to the next uh, five, ten years. Kind of speculation, some rumors, some fact. We kind of dive into all kinds of stuff, make some guesses, make some uh, wishes and things like that. And a great discussion about the great movie ride at the end of the show. Got a little musical treat for you at the very end. So we'll get to all that in a few minutes. Or the news coming up as well. Uh, first, of course, 2020 prices for Walt Disney World have come out. And uh, we're able to book 2020. And that's what I've been doing basically for two straight days. I've been doing nothing but but booking and quoting and looking at 2020 prices. I've got a whole long list of families, but I would love to help you as well. Send me a message, dollar at gmail.com. I would be happy to help you get your family to Disney World or to Universal, or maybe over to Disneyland, Disney Cruises, Adventures by Disney, Alani in Hawaii. I do all of that. I would love to help. Okay, so now that the infomercial part of the show is over, let's get to some news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. And boy, do we have a lot of news to pile up on. We're going to try to run through this pretty quickly because we have a good conversation with Matt and Susie coming up, and I don't want this episode to be an hour and a half. Real quick, Disney minivan service. Those are the little vans, the red vans with the polka dots all over them. They kind of travel all over Disney World property, basically shuttling people around at a a price. Uh, Celebrating milestone, one million guests magically transported. I will tell you that I and my family have been three of those guests. We have gone minivans a couple of times, and we love it. We think it's great. It's a little pricey, so if you got to be somewhere you definitely got to be somewhere from one place to the other in a few minutes it's a great thing to do but otherwise it's not something i would do all the time but disney world has basically and disneyland too have basically said that lyft is now the official rideshare of walt disney world resort and of course lyft and uber are the two big ones so lyft has gotten a major push there uh disney world i'm i'll be honest with you i'm kind of a lyft fan i don't do uber a whole lot i do lyft i don't know why it just happened to lean that way uh and if you want to do a minivan you have to have the lyft app on on your phone so i guess it's just only natural they make that that extension there over in the riviera resort it's a brand new resort going up it's the new dvc resort for disney 
Topolino's Terrace is the name of the restaurant at Riviera Resort. I'm reading here. Topolino apparently is the Italian name for Mickey Mouse, and it's the name of the new signature restaurant coming to the rooftop of Disney's Riviera Resort when it opens up in December, and you actually can get reservations for that right now. There will be an exclusive prefix Disney character breakfast inspired by the Riviera with Mickey and Minnie, Donald, and Daisy all there. Style she dressed it from head to toe in outfits unique to Topolino's Terrace. And, of course, there'll be a whole lot of food there, breakfast stuff and everything. The pictures look fantastic, but reservations for that are open now. Over at Disneyland, we'll jump over there for just a second. Uh, Marvel Land is coming to Disneyland. Now, I don't, I, I'm not even sure. Maybe I missed it. I don't know if Disney officially announced this for sure that, that officially said, hey, Disney, Marvel Land is coming, but it's coming. We know it's there. Mission Breakout for Guardians of the Galaxy is already there. There apparently is a Spider-Man ride coming. I think it's also a very poorly kept secret, a, a new sea ticket style ride coming. And basically they'll have like an interactive 3D ride, kind of where the Tough to Be a Bug Theater used to be. There's going to be some new restrooms over there. There is apparently is a uh, is a microbrewery coming themed to Ant-Man, which of that makes sense, you know, it's my Ant-Man, microbrewery, whatever. Uh, so that'll all be there. It's going to be another immersive land, kind of similar to Galaxy's Edge and uh, the world of Avatar with Pandora. So you'll have Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, the Black Panther, Gamora, Groot. They'll all be there to meet guests. Uh, you'll have uh, the Avengers Tower there, the Sanctum Sanctorum there. It's going to be all, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a Marvel land as well. And the first phase might open sometime next year. We don't know a ton, so a lot of this is kind of a little bit of rumors and stuff. But D23 Expo coming out in August, you'll hear more about that. I'm sure they'll be announcing some of that. So this is really cool because uh, Disney opened up this whole annual pass thing for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Disney World. They said, hey, if you're an annual pass holder, we're going to do previews for you guys, which was exciting. Now, they didn't give the dates on it yet, but they just basically said that uh, Platinum, Platinum Plus, and Premier Annual Pass holders will be some of the first guests to experience Star Wars Galaxy's Edge with complimentary preview opportunities planned before the August 29th opening date. Capacity will be limited, and it will go super-duper fast. I mean, it will be Fast and when whenever they announce that, you have to get reservations. Probably will have to call, and it will be insanely fast. They released some other deals too with a uh, with a bring a friend offer, where pass holders can share the magic of Disney with others through the purchase of a one day ticket with a park hopper option for a price of eighty nine bucks, which is actually pretty good. Special dates this summer. So basically, if you have a pass holder. If you are a pass holder, you can get somebody else to purchase a ticket for eighty nine dollars if they come with you, which is. Pretty cool. They've also got a summer splash pass. So you can receive unlimited visits to Blizzard Beach and to Typhoon Lagoon from July 5th through September 7th for the same cost as one non-discounted one-park ticket, 69 bucks. So basically, you go one day, you can actually buy a pass for unlimited visits for the whole summer, which is also really, really cool. So they did this thing. Everybody's all excited about the, about the annual passes. And then they decided to, re- to raise the prices. So out of nowhere, we woke up yesterday morning, a day after the Star Wars thing had come out, and a day after we were all excited because, hey, we get Star Wars previews for annual pass holders. All of a sudden, we wake up, and annual passes have gone up, and they have gone up, up. Uh, regular annual passes, the most popular one, which is basically get you into all four theme parks at Walt Disney World with no blockout dates, went from $894 to $1,119, basically $1,300 if you include taxes. Platinum annual pass, which is the, or the Platinum Plus annual pass, which is Walt Disney World, water parks, Wild World of Sports, and the golf trails, went from $999 to twelve nineteen, so a little over thirteen hundred, including tax. Premier Passports, which goes to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, went from nineteen forty nine to 
$2,100, so about $150 difference. All the other prices went up as well. The Florida Resident Passes, which is the Silver Passes, the Theme Parks, Epcots, and Water Park Passes went up. The Annual Pass for the Water Parks went up $10. Uh, gold Annual Passes went up as well. And, of course, the parking went up. Um, value Resorts, you could park there for 13 bucks. Now it's 15 You could park at a moderate. At 19 per night, now it's 20 And Deluxes were 24 per night. Now they are 25 So... Everything went up, and it's just crazy, i got to tell you. So, um, so while everyone was all excited about the preview opportunities for pass holders at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they kind of quelled it a little bit the next day because uh, they raised the prices on everybody, and not everybody's happy about that. I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I get it. I think that they're probably trying to quell the number of pass holders they have because I'm sure they have a lot of pass holders, but at the same time, it's like, really? You, you already went up on price, prices with them once this year, and now again... Eh. From one disaster to the next, let's look over at Universal real quick. Hagrid's uh, motorbike adventure opened up this week. It was it was apparently a great ride. Everybody loved the ride itself, but the wait times were insane. Uh, reported up to ten hours of a wait time. So let me set the scene for you here. Where my house is, I could back out of my garage and drive to Universal in nine hours and thirty minutes. So basically, if on that day, if you had gotten in line at the very beginning of the day. I pulled out of my driveway. By the time I get there, I could probably meet you at the ride and hop on the ride at the same time. That's how insane it was. Now, I will say that ride times did go down to six hours during the day, so, you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, Universal basically didn't have anything set in place. It was kind of a, y'all line up, and there's the line starts there, and go for it. It was lining, snaking all the way through the park, outside of the park, into the, the city walk and everything. It was just insane. Uh, people were trying to ride this ride. The ride kept breaking down. The next day, the ride would break down several times. People were getting stuck on the ride and things like that. Um, So they basically have said that they are going to be running it on a limited capacity. They're going to open it midday, so I don't know what that means. Maybe four or five hours in the middle of the day, and that's it. They're not going to open it with the rest of the park in the mornings. They're probably going to close it early, so you got to get in line for it. It is not available for their Express Pass, which that is Universal's version of a Fast Pass. So it's not available for that yet, and uh, I don't know when it will be, maybe sometime next year, but it was a disaster in terms of getting in line. The ride itself, I've heard, is phenomenal. It's so much fun. From what I gather, I haven't been on it yet. Hopefully, I will go to it, but uh, you know, if you're expecting to get on it without a wait, then you're out of luck because there will be a wait for it for Hagrid's uh, magical motorbike adventure so there's all the news fit to print so let's go now to our guests we've got matt and Susie from the imagineers podcast imagine ear e-a-r-s that's a great little podcast and everything and i, I met matt down at the thing live conference down in orlando in may uh Susie was his compatriot that uh, she was on the podcast with him and i told matt i want to get you on the show and he said absolutely so we got them on the show we're going to talk a lot about disney future stuff which is really cool uh great conversation coming up uh, audio, again, like last week, I had a little trouble with the audio towards the end of the show, so please forgive me. I, I, asked, I asked for a little grace there. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this conversation, so let's turn it over now to Matt and Susie. So, uh, I had started listening to this podcast a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and um, I've, got, I've got a couple of episodes in. They've got a good several dozen episodes, so I haven't heard all of them, but, you know, I'm kind of backtracking, making my way through my podcast feed and everything, listening to episodes and stuff, and and I was like, I got to have these guys on because they love Disney, and I love Disney people that talk Disney to me because we can just talk and talk about basically sitting around in a circle talking about Disney stuff, which is really the point of this whole podcast. My friend's Matt and my new friend Susie, who I've not met yet until just now from the um, from the Imagineers Disney podcast. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, David, how are hey. you? Thanks for having us. 
yeah, thanks for coming on. Real exciting. Real excited to have you guys here. So, uh, of course, Matt is a travel agent, not with my agency, and that's okay because, you know, there's enough Disney for everybody, trust me. And uh, Susie <laughs> is not. I don't really know what, what it is that Susie does. She may just sit at home all day and watch Disney movies. Oh, I don't know what I do either sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I follow you on Feels Twitter. Like... I don't really care what you do either. I'm like, but that's okay. That's all right. We, we all have our things. <laughs> so, well, first of all, just quick Disney stories. Matt, just tell me, where, where did the Disney come from? I know you're big into Disney. I've met you a couple of times, talked to you about Disney stuff. You're just, you're all in. So a little quick Disney story from you. Where's it coming? Yeah, from? yeah uh, real briefly. Um, so I have been a Florida resident my entire life. I've lived in Jacksonville my entire life. So I've basically been going to the parks since I was a little kid. Uh, my first trip was when I was like an infant. First photos with Mickey and stuff. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> When I, you know, became an adult and got a job, I became an annual pass holder and had been going down fairly frequently ever since. Then about three years ago, I decided to put all of that knowledge to good use and become a travel agent and uh, helping families just like you right. Um, right. get down to Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, all the Disney destinations. And then um, a little over a year and a half ago, uh, Susie and I teamed up and we started the Imagineers Disney podcast and it has been a whirlwind ever since. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's how it works with Disney stuff, especially podcasts and things like social media and whatever. It's just it's an exciting constant, time. constant stream of stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, well, Disney's kind of boring right now. There's not a whole lot going on. You know, so we're going to have to stretch it, I guess, in this episode. So Susie, your, your Disney yes. story briefly, where, where are you coming from here? Oh, it's similar to Matt. I actually don't think we've talked about this on our show, but I've known Matt for a very, very, very uh, long time. Our families um, knew each other through church and different things. And then, um, but Disney specifically, yeah, I did the normal thing. Also from Jacksonville, we went down all the time as a kid, got hooked on it. Um, I don't know how you don't. I don't understand people who go and don't don't get it, but our whole family was into it. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just a short ride. So we'd go and we do that and we have a, just great memories as a family. Um, it also helps that I grew up during the golden era of Disney animation. Uh, so of course being hooked nice. on every movie I could possibly get my hands on helped a lot with that Disney passion and, you know, as a teenager and then growing up as an adult going more and realizing that I'm still a kid, except now I have to pay <laughs> for the trips. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so real quick before we get into the disney park stuff rapid fire disney question for you both favorite disney movie go lion king, lion king. <laughs> lion king. okay disney movie that you feel that is is good but it's kind of overrated mm. Ooh. <laughs> um Matt, did you say frozen uh, that's, say a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one um oh people are also gonna hate me for this one but i'll say it anyway tangled I think it's cute. Oh, oh that is Ooh, a. I thought I liked you. I knew. Check, check on that. Let's cross. Okay. Like tangled, tangled, tangled. Way above Frozen. Yeah, tangled, tangles good, but like people are like, no, it, no, it doesn't get the exposure in the park like Frozen, which is like overload. But like, it's like okay, Frozen, like Tangled's cute, and then everyone's like Tangled. I, I like, actually, okay. I actually tweeted something, and somebody like responded. Was like, that's a, you know, that that's your opinion. Uh, I saw the Frozen 2 trailer, and I, I didn't say I hated it, but I was just kind of like, eh. It's not a trailer. And I have no idea what that movie's about. I don't, like I don't know if it was the trailer well, or just I haven't gotten over the – and the term I used was oversaturation of Frozen in the park. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's almost like it's a couple of years later, it's now pretty much died off, so it's not everywhere in your face, and now it's about to be in your face all over again. Mm-hmm. And so, final movie question, underrated Disney gem that you wish everybody loved, that, that you just love? Emperor's New Groove. 
Oh, you broke your groove. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty high up there. I'm going to go old school Disney, not like all the way back to the beginning, but you know, a few a few decades. I'm going to go Peach Dragon. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I, I cannot miss for for the dragon. So it has I, been I, a long time since I've seen that. Candle I, on the Water is my favorite like Disney new song. Did you like the the new one that came out a couple of years ago? Um, I was fine with it. I, I mean, haven't I've seen the new one, but I did not like the first one. I can't handle Candle on the Water. I just it's <laughs> great to me. It grates me. Uh, mine, 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 mine. We'll see you tonight. We'll see you later. <laughs> I know <laughs> between that and Tangled, like we're just like crushing everyone's. I love Beauty and the Beast. Um, I would probably say The Incredibles is my favorite, although it's more it's Pixar, obviously. So mm-hmm. you know you can find the line there somewhere. Uh, I cannot stand Hunchback of Notre Dame. Cannot handle. Oh my gosh, I hate. Crap! I should have said that one. I actually should have said that. that one. I recently tried to watch it for like the five hundredth time, and I just, I just. Oh, Frollo! I can't. I can't handle it. It's just it drives me nuts. I'm not a big fan of Pocahontas either, but don't like that one. And for me, really, I think everybody should love Hercules. Hercules is mm. amazing. Uh, it's so good. It's so dated. The jokes are so so ni- so 1997, but it's. Awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. So, all right. So, what we want to do tonight? We want to talk about Disney, Disney World. Got a lot of stuff coming up, and I kind of call this episode. I probably will title this "Future Disney" or "Future Disney World." And I just want to kind of project a little bit. We'll discuss some stuff we know is coming up. We'll discuss some rumors, and maybe we'll make some rumors up and throw them out there, and hopefully they stick. <laughs> Not that any Disney account would ever do that, but you know, just saying. We'll click here for the inside scoop. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, first thing, of course, the gondolas are coming up, and we'll just kind of run through these. Just one at a time and just jumping wherever we've got the gondola are we excited about the gondolas or are you guys on the other side of yeah i don't want to ride those because i fall in the water i'm gonna die um i see a thumb up and i see a thumb down thumbs down thumbs down for me thumbs up for me if they put air conditioning in it it'll be a thumbs up for me well they've got this ventilation system apparently that i i guess that's why they're gonna wait till late fall to do them Um, or late late summer to do them so it's not don't know they're moving at a pretty fast clip you know they've been running those tests i'm like oh those are going at a fairly decent rate of speed so i think yeah but then but then add like what is it like 10 people or whatever all smushed up together with suntan lotion and sweat i want i want ac yeah they say 10 but you know the i want the real deal is 30 are you going to get 30 people in that elevator no i think they're going to need as many transportation options as they can beginning august 29th oh for sure yes and uh i think it'll be a nice addition yeah, I can't, I can't wait for July whenever they, they stop or they shut down for a few minutes when you're just kind of hanging there in the hot sun above the pavement. Kinda, <laughs> well, there's no breeze blowing through. And just like you said, you know, you're you're with with 20, 10 or 15 of your closest friends all sweaty and hot and you know, little kids crying or whatever. That's going to be so much fun. It's exciting. Well, we all know <laughs> so that Disney rides never break down. So No, of course <laughs> not. Well, not new ones anyway. When they get older, they tend to break down here and there. But new ones do not. We'll, it'll be up and running. So we know that's coming up. And, of course, also confirmed is the, the, the New Japan restaurant. I cannot remember the name of it. And if I could, I probably would would butcher the title anyway. I'd offend somebody. I'd offend my Japanese audience. Um, but it's coming over there. Do, do we need three restaurants in Japan? Japan's not that big of a pavilion. So we have Tokyo Dining, Stepanito, and now this new one, which is going to be, is it Signature? Yes, it is Signature. So that, that is the difference. Right. So do we need three restaurants in Japan or is that just? I see. I, 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 I like food. Food is, food is <laughs> like food. Um, I, yeah, I, I think offering, because there aren't a whole lot of, especially Signatures inside Epcot. Right. In fact, there's only two with Cellier mm-hmm. and uh, Monsieur, Monsieur Paul. Paul. That's what it meant. Yeah, Monsieur Paul. Right above chefs. So, um, so yeah, I, I, 
I like cultural experiences and it looks like by the design and what they're releasing with the press releases that they're, you know, trying to offer something that's very authentic and tied to uh, Japanese culture. So I'm all for it. I agree with the need for more signature dining in Epcot. I've just never really been, and you won't offend your Japanese audience. Maybe I will. I accidentally <laughs> offended everyone in, in Canada on like our second episode. Cause I was like, I just skip the Can- Canadian pavilion every time. Um, I go straight just, to England cause it's better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. Anyway. No, but I, I'm, it's not my, it's not that I don't like it. It's just not like my right. favorite cuisine. So right. personally, like I probably won't uh, be going to that anytime soon. Um, but the definite, definite hole for signature dining is being filled. So that's good. Well, I've never had Tokyo dining. I've had Teppanito a couple of times. It's it's one of those, when I send clients there, I, I do it by request, but I don't normally recommend Teppanito only because it's hibachi. It's really good hibachi, but you can get really good hibachi down the street at the mall or whatever. And I want to send people to restaurants they don't really normally get. And right. so, you know, so this might be something that'd be kind of cool. Again, I can't remember the name of it. It doesn't matter. It opens, up, it opens up in July. Is that right? Yeah. July. Okay. Yeah, so we got that coming. Of course, back in Epcot, the Illuminations is ending in September. The new Epcot Forever show is coming <laughs> up, and I don't, I don't really understand why. And, and, well, I have a theory on this. Of course, there's the show coming, Epcot Forever, which is only going to be there for like a year, maybe, until the new show comes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering. At first, I wondered why they wouldn't just push Illuminations up until the brand new show. But now I'm wondering if maybe they're going to have like a like a smaller show. So by the time you get to the new show, Illuminations is not fresh in your head and you're not doing the comparison thing. That's exactly. Kind of, I'm wondering if that has something to do with it because, of course, when Wishes ended and Happily Ever After started, people were like, I miss Wishes, I miss Wishes. We heard a lot of that. I mean, the new show is great, but my wife still misses, misses Wishes. She loved Wishes. So I'm wondering if this is kind of a buffer of, we're going to bring your expectations down really low so the new show comes in, you won't <laughs> worry about Illuminations. I think it may actually have a little bit more to do with show elements that they may need to test and bring in for the permanent show, which comes in 2020. I mean, and I'm sure there's going to be some different laser projections and some fireworks and some water, some water effects. We do know with, at least for Epcot forever, there's going to be kites. Right. Driven by jet skis. So, (laughs) uh, so yeah, maybe, to bring our expectations down, but my expectations for Epcot forever are actually pretty high. Um, I mean, they're writing a whole new score for it. It's going to bring in the nostalgia factor for all the people who grew up in the eighties and Epcot, uh, especially with the music kitchen cabaret and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really sad about illuminations leaving. I I love the music. We've talked about that on our podcast. That is having so many like (laughs) emotional problems. Like he's having withdrawals already. No, I think it's going to be great because anything with kites on jet skis just sounds super redneck. Um, I, I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> well, it's it, and I know I sounded negative about the new show, and I actually am excited about the new show too because I like the idea of having classic music in there. I feel as if Disney does a whole lot of very recent music because that's what a lot of kids know is they know Frozen, they know Tangled, mm. they know you know Beauty and the Beast, even Lion King stuff like that. But I love 
anything that promises to bring back the stuff from the eighties and the seven. I mean, give me a black cauldron show. Let's do it. That's awesome. Or, you know, <laughs> Hey, sh- there's some cows up there so we can go, Hey, home on the range. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I probably won't do home on the range. I'm guessing, but, uh, but I love the idea of old music and old nostalgic stuff. And you know, I, I'm excited about this. I really am. No yodeling villains, please. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. So, of course, next next uh, spring, Mickey and Minnie's Railway Runway, which is opening up in where the great movie ride used to be at the Chinese Theater. And I am very excited about this. Mickey Mouse gets a ride. It looks cool. The The projections look cool. The, the pictures look cool. I mean, everything about it just seems cool. Maybe my expectations are way too high. Disney's never let me down before, except when they have. And so I'm really, <laughs> really pumped for this. Um, you know, they pushed, back, Sorry. They, they pushed it back to next spring which again the theory is in my thinking is that you know you've got smugglers run that just opened up hey it's gonna be fourth quarter first quarter we're gonna maybe rise of the resistance second quarter we'll get railway runaway so we kind of space it out a little bit thin the crowds out a little bit but i'm excited about you what about you guys are you you excited maybe i too much i love when you said disney's never let me down except when they have um (laughs) because i'm about to get like negative which i just don't the great movie ride needed a lot of help like right. no one is going to deny right. that but i am like secretly like 87 years old like in my heart not literally <laughs> in my heart because that's not healthy um but i love old movies i love the i love the nostalgia i love that they were like introducing kids and families to a variety of old movies and just that you know culture that's been lost um with film right. now everything is like cgi like okay like Obviously, I love CJ. Like, I love my Marvel movies and my Star Wars, but there's like, like Casablanca. Like, people don't watch black and white movies anymore. So I was like, I love the great movie ride. This is speaking my language. Um, I don't know. I, I want Mickey to have a ride, but I'm just saying. Not at the expense of the great movie ride. Not at the expense I... of the great movie ride. And also, I'm still unsure of how I feel about that style of Mickey animation because sometimes I think it's cute and sometimes I think it looks scary. See, I think the Mickey animation looks great. I love the new style. I think it's different. I think it's cool. And I know a lot of the cartoons, especially on Disney+, Plus, the new Chip and Dale coming out and some of the other stuff coming out, it's, it's going to be that style of animation. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And before, Matt, before you answer, let me address what Susie said. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I love the great movie ride. And mm-hmm. I feel as if that's a ride that could have been like every three or four years, a new scene could have been put in yes. um, with an old movie. Maybe, th- maybe you know, maybe Footlight Update Parade. Technology maybe too. Footlight Parade can come out. It's okay. Not a lot of people see Footlight <laughs> Parade, but put in, put in, you know, Maltese Falcon. Put in, uh, meet me in St. Louis and have a Julie Gar- a Judy mm-hmm. Garland uh, um, animatronic or something. Because I remember when the alien came all the way down. I remember when the Footlight Parade dancers were move- moving back and forth, and mm-hmm. and you know, at, towards the end of it, you'd go through it, and it's like nothing's working, nothing's moving, and of course the. And depending on where you sit, just like the Jungle Cruise, sometimes this is only in here. You look like the rest. I think it's only in here. And it's like what? And yeah. you know, and I feel like Disney just gave up on the ride like a year or two, a long time, a long ago. time ago. You know, Awkward TCM came in and they updated ago. some stuff, but then it's just like you know, if they're gonna fix it, then take it out. And Disney's like, okay, we'll take it out. Yeah, the and TCM was, fix was like really painful to me because it's like, then what's the yeah. point of this tour guide? Like, she just sits down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and I missed, I missed the previews at the front. I loved having those previews and that long little queue that switched back. That was part of the ride to me because you got all mm-hmm. the, the cool trailers instead of having the old guy come out and introduce each movie and stuff. And so give me the trailer. So Matt, let's turn to you because now we've dominated this movie ride conversation. <laughs> Talking yeah. about Runaway Railway, all about He knows our movie how ride. I feel about it. I've been vocal on this. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, will miss, I will miss the great movie ride. We, we rode, me and my friend actually rode on the last day. We were one of the nice. last... Um, we were one of the last cars to go 
and uh, our car broke. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> so it's like, I'm like, it's his dying breath. <laughs> uh, but but oh, but what was really sad about that? Since we broke and we were stuck, we were stuck in the Wizard of Oz scene for a few minutes, mm-hmm. and we they hit the reset button on our car, and then we moved in. But we missed the last. Uh, the, the mo- we missed the. Mo- oh no! That's my favorite oh, part of the whole gosh. ride is that montage. Oh, I love that montage. So we got a really great look one last time at all the uh-huh. Wizard of Oz stuff, but we didn't. Right. Anyway, right. Um, it, it clearly needed some work, and and I think a lot of it had to do with the death of the TCM host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, let's just do something else. So, and the mouse does deserve his own attraction, in my opinion, for sure. I'm I'm fine with the animation style as well, David. I, I like Mickey. I like Minnie. I like Donald. Goofy is a little off-putting. I will admit. <laughs> right? He does look like Goofy. Him. Looks like he's had a few rough nights. He just, he, <laughs> I don't know, it's like some Tylenol PM and some, some herbal tea. <laughs> well, they could rename him Drunky. I mean, that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> well, I, I kind of think there's, there's that, and I forget the name, but you probably probably know know exactly what, know exactly the title of this little building. But that place beside beside where the Toy Story Mania used to be. Where and in between where Star Wars Galaxy is going to be, there's that, that little like warehouse. They used to have some rides and stuff there. Now it's like a big flat building that doesn't have anything in it. And I've always thought, why not just stick the ride in there and then update the movie ride? Now you have two rides that everybody wants to go to. Uh, you know, and it would be perfect. Mickey's sandwich between Toy Story Land and and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. But Bob Iger did not call me. Unfortunately, he did not return my phone calls. <laughs> and I going back to the montage. That was one of my. We're, I want to do a, a series on the uh, on, on the podcast. Your kind of favorite visuals of the parks and stuff, like mm-hmm. favorite things to see, not necessarily rides or whatever. And had that ride still been open, one of my top five would have been that three minute montage. I yeah. love that because I loved it, well and I loved like like I recognize all the scenes and Bette Midler screaming from Outrageous Fortune. She's like ah, and then you got um, Amadeus rolling his hands up like this, and just it's <laughs> like I was all into it. And, and I knew everything about music, it. like oh, connect- yes. it's just so right. cool to see like a different score playing over like a different right? movie, and like it and just sets the, the still sets the tone. Theme. Oh, don't get me started. I love that movie yep. so much. We don't have time for that, obviously. <laughs> it's not uh, Disney, but. Yeah, I, I, I am excited for it. I think just like all these new attractions, they are going to introduce some new technology. And I think that is important to kind of help with the audience experience. So it's going to be 3D, but not. It's going to be in a 2D space and it's going to look like 3D and you're not going to need 3D glasses. So yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with that for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. So next thing over, back over to uh, to Galaxy's Edge, uh, the Star Wars Dinner Restaurant, which apparently they were going to do some sort of dinner sit-down show in Disneyland, and now they're actually moving it to Disney World. Do you know what I'm talking about here? You, you kind of have a puzzled look on your face. There's a They're doing a Star Wars restaurant, and, and I'm again, maybe I'm speaking rumor more than anything else, but they were planning on doing a show at Disneyland in Galaxy's Edge. They decided not to do that, and I believe they're moving it to Disney World. Now, I'm hoping I didn't pick that up off the wrong account, the wrong, <laughs> the wrong rumor site. But, um, but yeah. Okay, so nobody knows what I'm talking about. That's all right. It's all right. I'll go. <laughs> I mean, we're getting the hotel. <laughs> well, no, no not, not the hotel, but actually, like, an actual sit-down restaurant. Okay, I'm yeah. making that up. Never mind. Just well, kidding. I don't, no, well, I don't think, I don't hey, think there's I broke a it. I broke table the service. <laughs> there's not a table service restaurant in there right now anyway. Right. right. But I, I, so, I think there is an expansion pad. get one. I think there is an expansion pad. Um, yes. I would, I would for sure see one in the future. I mean, how can you not? Very high class, kind of like um, Canto Bite, maybe looking high class dinner 
weird aliens and I think that's several years in the future, but I, that would not surprise me in the least. I think because I think people who have gone to the galaxy's edge in Disneyland have said, that's one of the things that's missing. There's not a whole lot missing. This is Disney's crowning achievement for Imagineering. It's incredible. However, one of the things, it would be really nice to have a sit-down restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's several years down the road, but I, it would not surprise me if it, if it um, came to the parks for sure. That would be Just cool. one more way for me to lose my money over there. Not lose, spend. <laughs> well, hopefully they have more, they have more uh, seating or more shade anyway than Toy Story Land when they put a restaurant in. That would be nice, which, of course, we know that we've heard that there's a restaurant coming to Toy Story Land. It's going to be opening up by yes. the entrance, a mm-hmm. down restaurant, which will be nice. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, you know, I've been to Toy Story Land. It's fantastic. It's just I'm not a fan of the, the little Woody's lunchbox. I didn't really care for the food. I thought the Pop-Tart dessert was way overpriced. And... And this is me being a little. This is me being a little negative. Disney, it is tater tots. It's not potato barrels. You can say tater tots. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You're not. Nope. You're not fooling anyone. Nobody buys potato is barrels. It a trademark issue. I think it may be. Are tater tots really? trademarked? Are you Wait, kidding me? I think so. Wow, someone is getting really Maybe. rich. Interesting. Off of potatoes. Cool. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll take it. Um, and of course, next May, Ratatouille opening up as a dark ride in France. I'm also excited about this one. It will kind of match the one at Disneyland Paris, which I've never seen the one at Disneyland Paris, but uh, it's going to be a dark ride. Trackless, te- trackless technology. You will, quote unquote, shrink down to the size of a rat, and you'll be able to kind of go through the whole Ratatouille story, which we need another dark ride. So I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do fear, and we can kind of put this all in one conversation, but I do fear that Disney spends way too much time looking at IPs and not original stories. I miss original stories. For every Ratatouille, I will take an Everest, uh, which I've said on this podcast before. Listeners, my yeah. cast will know. But uh, I do miss original things being put out there besides just IPs all the time. But I was trying to think, when was the last time we had something original? And I think Everest. I think Everest. it's Everest. Yeah. Um, so, interestingly enough, we actually did an episode very recently where we each came up with, um, if we had no budget, and the Imagineers were like, build whatever new ride you want in each park. So we each came up with four rides, one for each park. I try to do original ideas for two. It is, obviously, I don't get paid the big bucks as an Imagineer. Um, it's just my podcast name. <laughs> it is very hard. <laughs> yeah. there, is so, there are so many amazing characters and movies and stories already in existence. It's just easy to draw from those. Obviously, I would never be like, well, the Imagineers are just taking the easy route. But no, I, I agree. And I think people are so spoiled now that everything has to be a movie and it has to also be connected to this and that. It's just like you can have a, a good ride that's not a movie. Right. I miss that too. I do. I think with the current CEO of the Walt Disney Company, mm-hmm. uh, that is why we've been having so many IPs. I think that is, at least for now, the future of where the parks will decide to expand if they decide. He's to- getting his money's worth. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I mean, there's an expansion pad in Animal Kingdom in Pandora. So once the second and third movies start rolling out, I'm sure that we will see another Pandora ride, which I'm fine with. I mean, right. they did really well on the first, well... The, the one of them is really great. The other one is okay. It's okay. Right. So we um, all know that we love Navi flight of passage. It's just, it's boring and there's no point to it. We get it. Yeah. It's just overflow. Okay. So here's a question that Disney does not want to answer right now, but I'll ask you guys, 
what if Avatar 2, 3, and 4, what if they bomb? What if they are just colossal failures? So I, um, I, don't under, I, don't under, I don't understand Avatar. I mean, like I understand the plot. <laughs> it's Pocahontas, but it's blue right. people on a different right. planet. I, I thought that was an interesting first IP to acquire and put mm-hmm. into the park um, after seeing the success of Harry Potter world. And it's like, let's do Avatar, which has been out of theaters for like five years. I just felt right. it was so re- And like, there's, there's so much space between the two movies. And if you haven't gone to Animal Kingdom, I don't know what is keeping you in the Avatar franchise world. I just, I don't, I don't know why they're doing more. I just don't get it. Um, I just don't get it. I don't know. I'm very well, simple. They're probably contractually obligated to do more with Avatar. That's my guess. And I think at the time they signed all these deals, they probably expected the movies to come out like 2014, 2013, because I think that's when they were supposed to come out. James Cameron, for whatever reason, has been putting them off. You know, I wasn't able to get them done. And now we've got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, they're all filming at the same time. <laughs> so the, I don't know what Disney's going to do if two comes out, because honestly, I know this is not even bragging on social media and across my, my, my universe. I know thousands of people. I know one person that says they love the avatar films. Everybody else is like, yeah, it was all right. Or I don't like it or I've never seen it. So you're going into a, 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 a land. The land is great. Oh yeah. But if you leave the land like it is, I think it'd be fine. But you're now looking to expand another, the movie franchise to a movie that I don't know that anybody wants. And I think what made it so big at first was the technological achievement. Right. Um, it, oh, it was great in 3D. It was great. Then, exactly. I, I, didn't, I didn't see it in theaters. I right. saw it at my friend's house. Now, granted, um, I had a friend. This is not why she was my friend, but it turns out her <laughs> parents had a lot of money, and so they had a really big TV. And it was impressive, but I kept thinking, like, wow, I bet this is why people went and saw this movie, like, five times in theaters, because it's it's beautiful. And yeah. you know, on a huge Gorgeous screen film. with everything. Like, it's great. But now, everything is, you know, top-tier level technology and movies so i don't know what's going to set it apart it's got to have a great story which um it might one and this is kind of rabbit trailing a little bit um so with avatar and the reason why it, it was such a big thing was the 3d technology if you go back and watch that movie there aren't a whole lot of close-ups mm-hmm. there are a lot of medium and wide shots so there's depth so it was specifically, mm-hmm. and there there are really long cuts, like long shots. So it, it isn't fast paced. So you absorb the visual element as you were watching the movie. So there's my film nerd moment for, yeah. for this. Well, and it, it works really well, but I can't tell you the last time I saw a 3D film. My wife doesn't watch 3D movies because it gives her a headache. And Me I don't too. know a lot of 3D. I feel like is something that's not even in phase anymore. And so and now it's all IMAX, it's all big screen, big D, whatever. Uh, I don't know that I'll see it in 3D. Maybe I have to because of the way it's going to be presented, but my wife won't. Or she may not even go see it. And my prediction, uh, I know this is looking way into the future, but my prediction simply is that we'll get two and three in theaters. I think four and five will go to Disney Plus or whatever streaming service they will have in six or seven years because I, I think you're going to have diminishing returns. I don't think two is going to do great. I think three is going to be a failure. That's just, even if it's a great movie, I just don't think people want to see Avatar. They just don't. And it's not even that it's a Disney thing, like Disney Marvel. Look what they did with Marvel. Well, Disney mm-hmm. was involved. When you leave it, when you leave Fox to their own devices, like you had with, with whatever, we get Dark Phoenix. So, you know, that's <laughs> not something. What a sad I mean, way to go out, man. You know, it is really is. <laughs> Which I didn't hate. I just didn't. I mean, Apocalypse, I thought was an abomination. It was awful. So it's better than that, but it still doesn't mean it's very good. So, 
you know, but so back to Ratatouille. Oh, do we like? Are we excited? Are we excited for the dark ride? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yes, for it, more so. dark rides, please. <laughs> so now we got, and of course, we have the the space future world space restaurant coming up sometime later on this year. They said by the end of the year, which I guess the gist is you're going to be able to walk in the restaurant and the screens will be in front of you, and it's look it's as if you're going to be looking out into outer space. I'm sure you'll see rockets and meteors and maybe comets and maybe people will fly by. They'll be Mickey in his little spaceman outfit or whatever. You know, can they make the screens look real or will I be seeing what I think is a screen? That's the whole thing. That's the problem I have because I'm pretty good at picking up screens. Yeah. I it's, think, a test, it's a test run for the yeah. hotel. Yes. I think this is, this is our preview of what the technology will be like inside the Star Wars hotel at Hollywood Studios. So I'm looking forward to it, A, for food, but B, also yeah. <laughs> just, just to see what they do with that technology. Right. Well, and and you're right. I think it is going to be a test run for that, but it, it's almost like this is a really easy thing because you might have four or five big windows and that's it. And that's all you need. You got the hotel. Every hotel has its own window with the lobby, the elevator, whatever. That is a massive project, which we can talk about the Star Wars hotel now too. The gist is of course you go into the Star Wars hotel and you know, you become part of the story. I guess you're given a character and you can choose whether to play along or not. And you're, you're, the windows will be looking out into outer space and that whole technology thing. I probably it's probably going to run eight or eight or nine hundred dollars a night, and it will sell out for the foreseeable future because that's just what we do. We're a privileged nation that spends nine hundred dollars on a Star Wars hotel per night. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> we're all going to do it. Yeah, pretty much, only, we'll do it at least once. And there's only uh, at least in the first phase that that orig- that one building is only going to have like a hundred rooms. So yeah, uh, it, I, I don't expect there'll be much t- travel agent availability there. No, probably um, not. You know, I'll call up like six of my friends and be like, Hey, let's spend the night there. You know, 80 bucks a piece. So, um, I mean, there's, there's not even a timeline on that. Is there, I mean, like um, I heard 2020 some, some, and they actually posted some, some, I saw some photos of the construction update. So it is starting to go vertical. Okay. Um, so we will just have to wait and, and see. It's, the original idea that, well, again, rumors, but the original thought was that it was going to, going to butt up right next to Hollywood studios where you could just walk out of the hotel into, into galaxy's edge. But now it's actually set back a little bit. Is that correct? You take a shuttle. Across. Yes. They are going to do some sort of transportation mm-hmm. from still keeping with the immersion, right? Keeping inside the theming of like, of like the hog warp express. That's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, it's that be... is how you will get from the hotel to the back of Galaxy's Edge. And if you look at aerial if you look at the aerial video of Galaxy's Edge, I think you can kind of tell where it's going to go. We all go to Disney to um escape reality in some way or another. But this is like a total just not even escape. This is just like do you ever see The Office? I I never watch The Office. It's, I'm one of the four people oh. in the entire country that has never seen an episode of The Office. Well, there's an episode of The Office where a character not even like, one, not even one. Now, I know the characters. I just because I see all the memes. I just yeah. don't, never watch the show. So Dwight had a, 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 a like character on a RPG like online game, and right. his name was Dwight. And then Dwight wanted to be further removed from reality because he was having like a really difficult time in his life, and so he created a new platform called Second Second Life. And Jim's like for people who want to be further removed from reality. And that's what this hotel is, <laughs> this right. is for people who us um, after, you know, I don't buy groceries for like the next four years can save up and go <laughs> and just completely get so deep into this. 
I don't know, some people might turn their nose up and be like, well, that's really immature or that's this or that. Like, I don't care. I've like Star Wars for a long time. I I want to be, I want to be that deep. I want to get a character. I want to look out the window and be like, oh, there's Naboo or whatever. Like, I want to go on a transport to. Well, this is the. I want that. This is the ultimate extension, the ultimate extension of my wife's mentality when we go to Disney World. She won't let me watch any news. Uh, she just doesn't want doesn't want to know anything what's going on. That's why we never stay off property because she's like, I want to be in the bubble. Good I for don't her. want to know what's going on. Good for her. You know, if you need to check your check the sports scores, that's fine, but then turn it off immediately. Let's turn it to Stacy and be done with it. And so yeah, so we <laughs> keep it on Stacy and must do Disney all the time. And um, so yeah, she doesn't want to know anything. She, you know, I'm like, hey, did you hear about? It? Don't tell me. Well, I'll find out when I get home. And mm-hmm. you know, so that's. So this is kind of that extension of just total immersion and, you know, I'm totally wrapped up in the Star Wars until I have to walk across the park and go do Rock and Roller Coaster and then everything's different. But so Lanuba is also going to be creating a brand new show. Of course, Lanuba, uh, well, not Lanuba, Cirque du Soleil. Lanuba closed at the end of 2017, which I don't know if you guys had seen the show. I'm assuming you have. It's been long, yes. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the show. The, the little girls with the little spools and the rope blew my mind every time I saw it. And so they're actually, they closed that at the end of 2017. It has been two years now, and they've got a new show coming up. We don't know when, but it's going to be an iconic Disney film-centric production, uh, which I'm also excited about. I know I'm saying I'm excited about all of this stuff, but I am. And I look forward to this. Cirque du Soleil is a cool group and a cool place, and I really look forward to seeing whatever it is that they do for, for this. Yeah, all their shows are fantastic, so I would expect no less from this new show, for sure. Same, same with their music. Well, and I love the, the, and I got to find it. If I can find it on YouTube, maybe I'll throw it in the, in the audio here. But uh, one of my favorite commercials when I was at, when I'm at Disney is when they show that commercial for Lanuba and you have the, the, the girls singing, ah, and they go back and forth and whatever. And then you see the, the wall. I love that commercial and I did not do it any justice. People listening are going, what in the world just happened? Uh, but if you find it on YouTube, you'll be able to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I think it's mm-hmm. music they play when the guys are doing the trampoline, wall walking stuff. Um, and I'm moving my hands like, like the world can see me, but um, it's, I love that commercial. love that music. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for whatever it is they do incorporating Disney into their, to their stuff. Tron, the life cycle coming out uh, 2021, I believe over there, the construction is going strong next to space mountain behind the Tomorrowland speedway. And I feel like this is really the, this is kind of the, the galaxy's edge of Magic Kingdom. We've now gone past, I think Magic Kingdom is now breaking a barrier where it's not just we're updating Fantasyland or the new Fantasy Rides and the Princesses, whatever. We are putting a major, major new ride in Magic Kingdom, something that wasn't attached to Snow White or a Princess or whatever. Like, this is a big deal for Magic Kingdom. And I'm super pumped about this um, with some hesitation because I don't know how this is going to go. The, the crowds are going to be insane. I don't know what the light cycle looks like in Shanghai. I've seen YouTube, it looks really cool. I'm hoping I'm not going to be disappointed. I don't want to be, this to be one of those things where it's like way up here and I'm, it ends up being down here. And, I don't think so. you will. I mean, it. I think it is the most popular attraction in Shanghai, mm-hmm. uh, the highest rated. So uh, you've seen videos of them, the, the videos on YouTube of it, the, the ride vehicle itself. I mean, it's a very fast ride at the beginning. Which is good. Uh, so for those of you who are wanting a thrill... I think you will definitely get it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I like the theming. I think it fits in Tomorrowland. Finally, we have something that fits in Tomorrowland with, you know, a futuristic theme. Right. Mm-hmm. I wish they would take that same concept and apply it to the Speedway, switch to electric cars, you know, do something to it. 
Or how about just take an electric bulldozer and get rid of it? Oh, that too. That, <laughs> it eats up a lot of space in Magic it Kingdom. It does. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of Tomorrowland Speedway. I walk nope. by it. The only time I ever ride it is when I'm doing something like a challenge where I have to ride all the rides in one day and I have to ride it. Otherwise, I steer clear of it completely because I just don't want to do it. Have man. you done that? Have you I, completed we, them all? We have done – well, we haven't completed it. We – We've done. I've done two challenges already. I've done one in 2015 where we did 24 hours of Disney. We actually did 50, cha- 50 attractions in, in one day, a 24-hour oh period, which was insane. Star Wars weekend, Memorial Day, 24-hour night. Oh, my gosh. Two-hour Jungle Cruise wait at 2 in the morning. It was nuts. Um, in May, I did the Parkology Challenge with a friend of mine at Disneyland. We got 45 of 47 attractions. We could have gotten a 46, but their version of Tomorrowland, Autopia, screwed us because at three minutes until midnight we were about to get off and they held us in the car we sat there for three or four minutes when we got out of the car we were going to go to finding nemo which was right next door it was then 1202 we didn't get to ride it uh so we got 45 46 uh, 47 47 we know where we went wrong we're gonna try it again in a couple of years we're actually doing to do the archaeology challenge at disney world in september um so i'm doing we're doing all 49 i think it will become harder and harder as they keep adding all of these rides yep it's going to yep. become impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, we've, my, my friend and I have been going back and forth on plans, talking about what's going to be first, what's going to be last. You know, what do we try to knock? We're going to try to knock out Hollywood Studios out in the first three hours. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. You'll, you know, if you follow me on Twitter and whatever, you'll be able to follow along because we'll be tweeting all day because we have to. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's intense. Now, it's, are you, are you awesome. going down to uh, Galaxy's Edge opening? No, no, I'm not going to be there for the opening. Um, I just can't get away. And so I'm going to go to the like, second weekend, like two weeks later. Okay. Uh, the, 11, 12, 13, something like that. And we're actually going down on a, that Saturday. I'm going to spend the, like my plan is to spend the entire day at Hollywood studios, however long it takes to get in there and do what I need to do and see the rides, whatever. If it takes me 14 hours to do one thing and walk around the, that area for two hours, that's what I'm planning on doing. I, I'm going into it knowing that, but yeah. I'll be doing the challenge on a Friday and we'll get, I'll get it on Thursday. I'll go to the park some on Sunday. So, you know, I'll have some time to, to do some stuff. But, right. I'm really anxious for whatever they say and whenever they're going to say, what our process is going to be at galaxy's edge and hopefully they do it pretty soon announce whatever our process is going to be for people getting into galaxy's edge, you know, Hagrid Hagrid's, what is it? Magical, whatever. 10 hour wait. We, we can't have that. Disneyland did a great job. So I'm anxiously waiting to see what we're going to get. Well, their, their issue too, Disneyland has three resorts. And so you guarantee yeah, everybody in a resort, you know, yeah. a space, and then everybody else is a free-for-all. 30 resorts at Disney World, I don't think you can do that. I think it would be no. impossible. They're going to have to get creative. 27,000 people all fighting. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Matt knows that Disney World website pretty much shuts down when more than six or seven people get on at one time. And <laughs> so, so it be really I'm hoping, and, you know, I've said this before many times. You know, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for Tuesday when nothing works at 8 o'clock in the morning, which will be exciting, which, you know, they're doing a webinar that afternoon, which is going to be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens with Disney World. I know they're watching what happens with Disneyland to see if to see what works and what doesn't. So, uh, you know, and, and Hagrid's ride actually went down to a six-hour wait midday, so oh, it wasn't all. That's bad. that's all. Just six. <laughs> it did. Yeah, the peak at 10 yeah. was, yeah. For you guys, what is your max time you would wait for a ride that you're super excited about? Let's just say Rides of the Resistance opens up. They don't have the fast pass for it. You just go in and get in line. Like, what is the max time that you would wait on a sign and you're like, that you would ride it versus I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. For Rides of the Resistance? Well, since it's being touted as potentially the greatest attraction ever created <laughs> on Earth, uh, there is no amount of time that I would say no. I would just get in line and when I ride it, I ride it. 
I think I would, right. I think I, I think I would do the same. Uh, hopefully most of the queue is indoors. Unlike uh, universal, which seemed like the whole thing seemed to be outside, uh, which just makes yeah. it that much. Yeah, universal doesn't care. They just put you anywhere. And just, no. you know. Like I basically, I live nine and a half hours from the park. So when Hagrid opened up this morning, I theoretically could have driven down to Disney world from my garage <laughs> And gotten in line with somebody right at the first – and rid, had you guys gotten in line at 10, at 10 o'clock in the, or whatever time this morning, I could have gotten in line with you and rid, we ridden at the same time with me leaving my house at you know 7 this morning, which is yeah. insane. Crazy. So, um, Guardians of the Galaxy coaster opening up. We don't have a name for it yet, but it's going to be opening in Epcot, which also is pretty exciting. It's kind of the first real big thrill ride attraction that they have at Epcot. Of course, they've got – you know. They've got Test Track, which sort of counts. You've got that half-mile loop at 60 miles an hour, and that's about it for Test the Track. The first but, coaster. Um, yeah, the first coaster. Of course, you know, the, the Three Cabrios Grand Fiesta Tour is a little thrilling, but this is the first real big thrill <laughs> ride, uh, which, is, which I'm excited about. I, I was kind of skeptical when they closed down Tower of Terror at Disneyland uh, for Mission Breakout, which we rode that ride three or four times in May when we went, and it was phenomenal. It's a I great, it's love a Mission ride. Breakout more than Tower. There's so much stuff in that queue there's like 2200 artifacts and there's 80 something easter eggs in that queue alone including figment by the way wow yep there's a ton of stuff in there for (laughs) for nerds and for comic book junkies and for movie junkies disney history it's great so i'm hoping they'll have the same kind of concept at epcot where the queue will be full of things like that you can point to whatever and i'm sure they'll have a story behind it but i'm i'm probably more excited about that than i am the tron coaster i am excited about the tron coaster as well but i'm i'm pretty pumped for the indoor coaster yeah we don't know what that looks like yeah exactly like yeah like we know what tron is going to look like we don't know what garden so i i think that just helps build the anticipation and hype yeah it'll be nice to we get something unique marvel that uh disneyland doesn't so that's the like the one thing that we'll have I'll take it. <laughs> right. It's great. Right. I like that. It's not, and it's not copied from, copied, copied from any other park, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Like an original attraction IP that it may be. It's an original attraction for us, which is great. So what, what did I miss? I'm sure there's some things out there that I haven't talked about yet that I completely missed in terms of upcoming attractions, shows, events, things like that in the next several years. <gasps> Who knows? I think that's really all, all the, the yeah. rides and attractions. Um, I do. I mean, they're the hotels. Right. Uh, you know, there's reflections and there's the Star Wars hotel. So, uh, yeah, it'll be right. interesting to see what happens after the dust has settled after 2021. What happens after the 50th? I mean, Tron's open. You know, Magic Kingdom is quote-unquote finished, and they've got Star Wars Land open, up and running. Maybe they've got an expansion going, uh, whatever. What's, what's the next big thing? Is it just an expansion for each park one by one? Or I know Epcot's got a lot of work going into it. I mean, what, what, what do you think the next big thing is besides the fifth gate? <laughs> uh yes the the fifth gate um i don't think we will be having that anytime soon uh, i i think i think it'll slow down um i mean no, it'll be a long time there's so much going on right now i mean more than i think any other time in the history of walt disney world there are rides being built there are lands being built there are hotels and resorts being built there's construction everywhere so i think yeah, it, it's all that end goal of the 50th anniversary for for the resorts and parks, and yeah, I, I think it'll I think it'll come. I don't want to say to a screeching halt, but I think it'll definitely slow down quite a bit. And you know, they do have those expansion pads in uh, Pandora and you know for Star Wars. So I think we will eventually get some different things. 
I think that there is going to be something has to take place of Star Wars launch bay. So once Galaxy yeah. Z opens, what what do you do with that? It, it doesn't fit in that area anymore. Right. So I, right. I think they will do something there. Hopefully Pixar themed. I feel like they're kind of separating the park a little bit into those two little areas. Uh, so it would not surprise me at all if that was kind of like the next thing. What do we do with this part of Hollywood Studios? But uh, yeah, that's 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 what I think. Right. And and you know we're all pretty up to date on like what's going on. Obviously, we love Disney. There would be no purpose of us sitting here talking otherwise because um, I hate the sound of my own voice. Actually, <laughs> it's annoying to me. But <laughs> it's overwhelming right now. Even like when everything, like when the dust settles, it's going to take so long to eat here and to try this out and to, you know, obviously it's going to take multiple trips to Galaxy's Edge to see everything and take everything in and process it. And like, oh, here, like, here's right. another Easter egg. Like, you know, it's going to be a billion YouTube videos of walkthroughs. But I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm excited. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, like, can we slow down? Cause like now I want to, I want to enjoy what we've got. We're about to get a ton of things. So I think right. if they, if they kept going at anywhere remotely the same pace, even, you know, just a few months or maybe a year after it would just be too much for me. Like, does that make sense? I want to be able to yeah. like, to, to, it, makes sense, but it does. I, I think the issue with that is there's always something lurking behind Disney's shoulder and it's oh, yeah. universal. So, well, that's what competition yes. does, and that's that's what that's why we have Galaxy's Edge. We'll build a fifth game. I am yeah. I am willing to bet that sometime either right before the end of August or right after Galaxy's Edge opens, Universal will announce their fourth park, and I know they call Volcano Bay their third their third mm-hmm. park. Right. They consider it, you know, right. a, a park, right. even though you know whatever. But mm-hmm. that fourth that fourth gate. I guarantee you they're going to they're going to announce it soon just you know just kind of take away the the uh yeah. the Galaxy's Edge hype a little bit. Well, and the crappy the crappy thing is if they announce Rise of Resistance say it opens in January, Universal will open that fifth gate, fourth gate whatever in December because they're just that fast. <laughs> they build fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, we announce it next Tuesday, we're going to open up a park. Yeah, Get in line very, now. Very Hagrid, <laughs> exactly. Hagrid Get in went line. Up so fast. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they all do. And they're almost, I, I kind of look at universal. They're almost like, they're, they're like boxes. Basically. They just pull one box of one brand out, throw it over here, put another box in, you know, transformers comes out, something else goes in. This one comes out, whatever it is. And so they're only, I think they're holding Marvel stuff on because they just, they just don't have a price for Disney yet. Disney will end up paying them for it. But when they do universal, will just take that check and just pull all of it out, stick something in there really quickly. Cause that's just what they, do. um, I personally can't wait for the good dinosaur overlay takeover of dinosaur in animal kingdom. I think that's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Adding Pixar and animal kingdoms be great, you know, and, uh, having the guy from CSI and, you know, he's like, and you're, and you're back and you've got one, you know, one extra passenger. There's a little boy, you know, we're jumping around, whatever. And, oh so my it'd be gosh. great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's so I know fun. that, and we'll wrap up here, uh, but I know you guys just did, you just did an episode with, uh, you know, like Imagineer gave you an unlimited budget. And then you, you said you did four or five different things. Um, and I don't want to take up all that because, you know, I want people to go to your episode, Imagineer's Disney podcast. It's a great podcast. Listeners, go find it after you listen to this one, of course. Give me, kind of give us, if you don't mind, give us one, maybe one each of one you guys talked about, kind of came up with. You don't have to go in depth. We'll send people to your episode for that. But just to kind of give us a taste of what you guys came up with. Unlimited budget. Imagineer said, what you going to do? Matt, you go first. Because I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm already not going to top what yours was, so you can oh, go ahead. Should I do that one? Yeah, you should do that one. <laughs> okay, so I kind of cheated. I, it's not cheating. It, it, it counts. So we did, that, we, we did an attraction each for Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a water park. Not, not an attraction in a water park, a full water park. I want a third water park for Disney. And I want it themed nice. after Kuzkotopia from The Emperor's New Groove. I think it would be perfect. Nice. Very nice. And you could actually have a train going between all three of them called the Hogwed Express. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he caught Easy. me off guard. He caught me off guard with that one. Mine were, mine were so, I don't know. I felt like mine were <laughs> so dorky. I'll probably do my favorite one because I came up with this idea a long time ago when I was actually younger. Uh, I remember watching Finding Nemo and when they go through the, EAC mm-hmm. and like crushes you know, righteous and like there's right. a water I was like that would be a really fun roller coaster and so my idea was like you're in a roller coaster but like the whole thing is like enclosed around you like constantly like it's like a tube almost like a um mm-hmm. like a water ride but not actually water yeah, yeah and it and right. all around you it, it looks like there's water shooting so you go faster than you actually are um but no Cusco to I also had a I had yeah. a I had a book themed ride because <laughs> I'm such a dork. And I thought that that spoke to like, but it fits it, it, it Walt fits. and, um, you know, Americana and then Matt drops Cusco Topia. And I was like, I just quit the podcast. Like I, I can't beat that. <laughs> I just wanted to pay money to bring back the dream finder. That's all I want. I mean, I wouldn't mind a figment ride, redo imagination, the whole building, put a whole, make a whole figment themed area there. Disney understands how popular that that guy would be if they brought him back. Just limited time only. Maybe have a party or something at Epcot where you get to meet the Dreamfinder. They'd make a ton of money. Disney, are you listening? I know you want to make more money and charge us for more things. <laughs> so do that. It would be awesome. <laughs> so uh, so there you go, guys. Uh, where can where can they find you on the interwebs if somebody is like, hey, I love that Matt and Susie. Where where am I going to find them? Where would they they look for you guys on the interwebs? Well, we are all over the interwebs, David. Um, so if if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and then uh, you can also find us on social media. Just search for the Imagineers Disney Podcast. We're on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and we now have a YouTube channel, which we are slowly adding some content to. So, and see, yeah. we think we think we're clever because we spell Imagineers instead of E E R S. We do E A R S because ears. Make your ears, yeah. And you listen right. to podcasts with your ears. So if you're if you're looking for it, it's E A R S because um, we're extra like that. <laughs> That works. So thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It was a great time talking to you guys. I'm so glad I finally got to meet you, Susie, and talk to you, yes. and see you again, Matt. Uh, you guys were wonderful on the show. Thank you for having us, David. We you. really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you so much again to Matt and Susie for joining us from the Imagineers podcast. That was a lot of fun. That was a great discussion. I had a good time with that, and I hope you guys out there did too. I do apologize again for the some of the audio. I'm still working out the kinks. you got to give me a little grace here if you don't mind. I'm still learning how to do this and teaching myself how to do it, but... You know, if you don't teach yourself sometimes, sometimes it never gets done. And if I had waited forever to learn all the things I needed to know before doing a podcast, I'd still be waiting to do episode one. So there you go. So uh, a few things to announce real quick. I have started a brand new podcast on Monday. It's called My Kids Got the Autism, and it's all about being an autism dad. I'm sure we'll talk about Disney at some point, but it's not necessarily a Disney podcast. It's about being a dad. Uh, being a husband with an autistic child, and uh, it's a light podcast. It's kind of ha- kind of 
some fun stuff, some serious stuff, but mostly fun. It's going to be for everybody. Whether you have autism in your family or not, I think you can get some enjoyment out of it. I think it's just a, it's a good, it's a good time. It really is. So I got a few things here for you before we close the show. First, I want to give you the audio of that commercial that I so terribly represented earlier in the episode, the Lanuba bit that I really, really loved because you would, you would, you really wouldn't see it unless you were at Disney World, turn on the TV and flip the channels. And sometimes this commercial would come on. Here's what it sounds like. An experience for every imagination in the family. Love that musical tone. And of course, Lanuba closed at the end of 2017. So we're still waiting to see what happens at, uh, uh, you know, at, at the Cirque du Soleil building there at the end of Disney Springs. And as we close the show, um, I do want to remind you, don't forget to go to magiconadollar.com. And as you listen to this, prices for 2020 have come out. Like I said earlier in the episode, they have been released, and I've been working on quotes all day long. I would love to help you go on your 2020 vacation to Disney World, Disneyland, Universal Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, and, of course, Alani in Hawaii. Uh, find me, magicondollar.com, and all the details and stuff will be at the ending as my friend Katrina will give you all that information in just a second. Uh, but I do want to set the scene here as we close the show. The great movie ride that we talked about, I, I was a big fan as well. Maybe not a, as big a fan as Susie was, but I am a big fan of uh, the great movie ride. And as you go through the ride itself, you see audio animatronics of different scenes from classic movies, The Searchers and Public Enemy. And uh, there's a, you know, a Fistful of Dollars with the Clint Eastwood. There's Footlight Parade, Wizard of Oz, Tarzan. You see all these cool scenes. And as you get to the very, very end, you see these huge three screens right in front of you. They're kind of wraparound screens. They're not 360 degrees, but there is kind of... From your left to your right, they're right there. They're massive. You're sitting in these big tram cars. You're watching, and this montage of movies come on. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things in all of the parks at the time, just how cool it was because I'm a big movie guy. So I recognized you know, a lot of the scenes that were in there, everything from uh, Woody Allen films to Bette Midler's Outrageous Fortune. There's a, you know, uh, Top Gun and um, – uh, uh, trading spaces with Eddie Murphy, and there's the old stuff with uh, you know uh, uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. All that stuff's in there. It's all great. It's man, it's amazing. The music to it was great. It was a lot of music from films, and you'll hear sound bites as well. So I'm going to close the show with that. Uh, we'll close the show in a second. We'll hear uh, my friend Katrina come on and give you kind of the updated where to find us, and then at the very end of that, keep listening because we will play that three minute montage and end the show from there. So you guys have a great week. Hope to see you back next Thursday, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician in the movies. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, MagicOnADollar.com. See you real soon.
Ringo. We didn't meet that. We had 